Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, all you fine people, and welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. My name is Dan Roselle, and I'm joined by John Fisher. How's it going, John? It goes well. It's a little unseasonably warm here in New Jersey. Uh, The days are now shorter thanks to the time change, and the Devils have been successful to a a degree. So since our last recording, the Devils have gone 2-0-1. They did it in a bunch of different fashions in terms of uh, getting points, but they're on a little point streak here. And it started off, you know, the day of our last recording, they had a game in Los Angeles. Um, After coming off of a really tough and ugly loss to the Anaheim Ducks. And in Los Angeles, the Devils, you know, they, they did not play their best game and Los Angeles has been on a tear. Certainly they've won six straight themselves. So it's kind of the combination of the devils really not playing well in Los Angeles playing pretty well, but the devil still earned a point in that game. Um, It it was Mm -hmm. an overtime goal by Alex. I gave the Kings both points, but the devils fought back and had to earn that point uh, very late. Yeah. This was one of those games where the devils were fortunate to get the point because again, Mm -hmm. The performance in general from the Devils was very sluggish and it was very disappointing because this was the season debut of one Mackenzie Blackwood and Mackenzie Blackwood actually had a pretty good game. Um, Shame about the guys in front of him uh, hurting the cause by, you know, failing to attack, failing to cover. Um, It was a real sluggish game. Um, LA is going through a bit of a transition with their own youth movement and uh, Anja Kopitar during the ESPN plus broadcast apparently did say that, uh, yeah, we don't have the talent. So we just got to grind guys down. And uh, yeah, the devils, uh, you know, there were some times where they just got burnt on rushes and other times they were grounded, mm-hmm. uh, but made for a low scoring game, not a lot of attack, but um, you know, and Damon Severson did his best to throw the points away, just like Ty Smith did. In, that's last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, with one of the worst third periods I've ever seen from a, defenseman in a very long time (laughs) where Severson took not one not two but three remarkably stupid penalties in addition to just you know not covering his man not creating offense I mean they weren't just stupid they they happened in the span of about 10 minutes they they happened it was it was such a short time in that period and the devils were trying to 
um, you know, keep the game close because like it was one, one. Yeah. They're getting outplayed, but the way to do that is not to take three consecutive penalties. I mean, the first one, okay. You you take one penalty in the third, you feel bad. You don't want to be doing that. The second one, at some point you say, okay, I'm just going to keep my stick away from anyone wearing an opposite color Jersey. Mm -hmm. The third one is I am blatantly just making mistakes out here because the third one's more mental. It's more mental than physical. Yeah. It's something that he was already chasing the play for the whole game. And so to do that a little bit more with the game winding down, um, you know, he eventually takes that third penalty and the devils pay for it. Yeah. And he was actually lucky that it was just a minor considering he high, he cross check Adrian Kempe in the chin had mm-hmm. it drawn blood. That could have been four or even five mm-hmm. since the general rule is that if you draw blood on a non high stick, you're getting five, bro. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Dan, one of the worst penalty kills in the league after getting challenged six times in the game, that last one yielded a a go-ahead goal from Arthur Kaliev. And it took a, the first, the team's first six on five goal of the season Mm -hmm. uh, within the final 24, uh, 24 seconds in the game for Pavel Zaka to uh, wing one past Cal Peterson to tie it up in dramatic fashion to get the point and take it to overtime. But unfortunately Ty Smith got uh, bossed by uh, Philip Deneau, Deneau wins it behind the net, throws it up to Alex Iafalo, one-timer, it's 3-2, and you're just like, whatever, it's a point, it's better than the Anaheim game. Yeah, Poor and Blackwood, so, he deserved better. Yes, and he did deserve better, and he eventually got better later in the week. But let's uh, move on to the last game, because at this point in our journey, on this California trip, the Devils have played two games as to where they are, and they've earned one point. So they have to go to San Jose and do something with it. They had a game the night after against the San Jose Sharks, and that is something that uh, is never easy for the Devils, especially no. in San Jose. They've, they've just had such a bad, weird matchup against them. Um, but this time around, you know, the game was, I wouldn't, I don't want to say carbon copy, but it was pretty close where maybe the balance was a little bit more devils favored um, at times, but for the most part, they still had some issues generating offense. The, Mm -hmm. the special teams were still keeping them hemmed in. But again, the theme of this penalty kill, at least on the trip was bend and then break at the very end because they were doing a lot of bending. They had a lot of uh, power play opportunities against, but they did a good job in not breaking like a sieve every single time. However, again, you keep, playing with fire you're going to get burned and so that's what happened with them in los angeles not as much against san jose and in the most surprising result possible the devils won a shootout with redemption from one damon severson coming as the shootout deciding winning goal yes so going into the game in regulation let's talk about that first Mm -hmm. um you know san jose again like los angeles they're playing better than most people expected and, um, you know, the Devils got uh, gave up the first goal because uh, somebody did not pick up balsers and nobody nobody wanted to deny the pass that uh, Mario Ferraro set to balsers for a tap in past Jonathan Bernier. But he sure created a great pass for uh, Ryan Grace to get his first goal as a devil. So it's tied up at one one uh, by intermission. And then once again, the penalty kill got broken when Jonathan Dolan mm-hmm. uh, finished uh, an opportunity. And I got to say, Dan, you know, going, you know, after the San Jose game, it's the 10th game of the season. And you realize, huh, the devils have given up eight power, at least eight, you know, <laughs> has given up goals on the power play uh, on the opposition's power play eight times out of 10. And um, that hurts. That hurts <laughs> when your team is not creating offense. Cause 
one of the themes for this California road trip is that the Devils had two offensive lines. They had the Nico Heischer line and whatever the Dawson Mercer line was getting you. Because the other two lines that were centered by McLeod and uh, Gautier, they were giving you diddly squat until 17 minutes into the third period, Dan. When Yannick Kwakinen becomes the first guy to not play on either a Heischer or a Mercer center line to score a goal since the Seattle game back yeah, in October and, uh, to tie it up in dramatic fashion. And I want our listeners to keep that point in mind specifically because it really helps to explain the changes that happened um, mm-hmm. with the Devils roster, at least right after that game. Um, so the Devils, again, Quokkanen ties it late against all odds not scoring on a Heischer Hughes center. Yeah, line total broken play, b- pucks bouncing. He just found it, shipped it in past the fallen James Reimer. It's 2-2, and you're like, all right, okay. We, we call that a classic Quokkanen goal, by the way. That's how he seems to get a lot of them, especially in the clutch situations. I'm remembering one against Buffalo last year where he did exactly this. But hmm. um, in terms of that, the Devils, like I said, go to overtime. Overtime's exciting. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, much less fun without Jack Hughes, but um, it's still – very exciting stuff. And again, I, if I, we could have five more minutes of that instead of the shootout, that would be a blessing, but it doesn't eh. seem like that's in the cards, but the Devils no, went to a shootout. Yeah. They did. And, and they uh, won. Jesper Bratt scored using the pretty much exact same Jesper Bratt signature move that he uses every time and just puts the puck in different, um, different places around the goalie. He just, it's the weave around the shoulder fake. It, it's, the Jesper Bratt move and it works with consistency. And well, so why would you not doesn't. use it? Well, <laughs> right. But how often does that happen? How often have you seen that? Well, he's taken something like six shootout attempts uh, in his career and he scored it on once. Yeah. But not uh, all of them have looked like that. Not all of them have looked no. like the penalty shot move, well, which he has been. Got lo- well, he got, well, that's true. That's true. On his first penalty shot. Um, yeah. Reimer was at, Reimer gave him a gift on that one. Cause Reimer actually got a toe on the shot, mm-hmm. but the puck, trickled in just over the line the ref actually pointed you know you know as ecstatic as refs get to do to say no it's in it's in you Mm -hmm. fool you let it in and Reimer's like no and you're just like all right the double scored for their first shootout goal in months if not I don't I don't want to go back to see how many shootout goals they didn't score last season no it's too depressing it is depressing and then amazingly uh Balsers misses Holtz gets saved Hurdle gets saved by Bernier Damon Severson jumps over the board. And at this point I'm going, sure, whatever. Nobody else on this team can score in a shootout. Why not? And he drops a banger, a banger of a roof. Yeah. He walks in shot, show some hands also in the process. And again, this is a decision that I think, you know, they, they tried to say things like Sevo has been good on his attempts in practice, things like that. But I think, I have to give rough credit again because he knew that Severson had a bad game the night before. What better spot to rebuild his confidence than give him this opportunity? And it's not like they would have lost if Severson had missed. This was literally an opportunity to win the game, but they were still in it no matter what happened. So it was worth a shot. And again, the the, the bet paid off and Severson managed to score a really nice goal to give the Devils both points. Certainly. And um, Severson in general did have a better game um, overall, not just in the shootout, but you know, he, he went from being the goat in LA to being the hero in NorCal mm-hmm. and basically splitting the points on this California road trip that started off so, so badly. And in general, it was just a 
sludge of an effort where again, one and a half lines at best were creating offense with any type of consistency. Goal scoring wasn't there. The power play was just as horrendous as ever. Um, all signs are pointing to Florida was going to be a rude awakening on, t- on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, <laughs> no you know, Hamilton, they, they just, no Hughes. And, oh, yeah, they just beat the Carolina Hurricanes for, you know, for their first loss of the season. Uh, yeah, they lost to the Rangers um, the night prior, but that was a game where our hated rivals went up 4 nothing, and Florida uh, came very, very close to tying it up. They lost 4-3 and put up 45 shots on, on our hated rivals. So that's the type of uh, team that we're dealing with here, a real uh, force of nature, if you will. Yeah, so everything was stacked against the Devils in terms of that game, except for the fact that what was unavailable to the Panthers was apparently a different goalie than Spencer Knight because uh, Bobrovsky wasn't feeling a hundred percent. He was backing him up, but Knight the night before had had a really rough go against the Rangers. And so um, you'd like to think the Panthers want to bounce back. They want to prove that this 10 0 and one start that they had had was not just a fluke. And Uh, They managed to score very quickly into the game, but the the end result is that the Devils put up a touchdown, which was of all the unexpected ways, you know, a win is a pleasant result. A win is a something that is surprising, was not expected at all, but a seven spot put up against one of the best teams in the league and the Devils did not look bad doing it. I mean, this is one of those games where they were outplayed at five on five that there's no question about that, but a lot of that had to do with the fact that in the third period, especially the Panthers were chasing the game. It was six, three for about 10 minutes. Exactly. And the big theme I would say for this one, and I don't say this to demean the, the win, Dan, but I do, we do have to say it. The devil's got a lot of bounces that were, they were not, they were just not getting in the previous 10 games mm-hmm. in this game featured the first tip in goal of the season, which was from Nico Heischer, uh, who himself has had a rough time, you know, getting, you know, finishing the play despite all the shots and offense he's been creating gets his second goal of the season. Um, you've gotten a total break for Ty Smith where he launches a prayer off a faceoff win and it bounces off a of Panthers glove goes past Spencer Knight. That was goal number six. PK Subban gets his first of the season on a similar play where Subban is just gripping it, ripping it like he usually does fires a slap shot, uh, one-timer slap shot, hits off a Panther along the way, and it beats Knight. That surprises everybody. That put the, that was ultimately your go-ahead goal. And, you know, Johnson, I'm sorry, Johnson, because he wants the hard J now. Mm-hmm. I apologize to uh, Mr. Johnson. Um, you know, Mercer and him on a rush, Mercer misses Johnson with the pass. The pass is behind him. Yep. But he managed, but Johnson somehow kicks the puck back to Mercer yep. right to the tape of his stick. And Mercer says, cool, I'll give you a proper pass now. And Johnson just finishes it. Like we're talking like some, some plays here that were just straight up not happening. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it this way. I'm happy they happened, Dan. You're happy they happened. The people who matter are happy to happen. But let's be real. Let's not build a house on this. Let's not bet money that this will happen again. I'm trying I'm to happy rack my happened. brain, but how many multi-goal games have any Devils had this year beyond Jack Hughes? Uh, I don't think too many. Me, if you give me a moment, I could actually give you the exact answer. Sure. And, and that's another one of those weird things that, be, I mean, listen, it's taking us this long to figure that out. There's nothing that comes to mind immediately besides that Hughes opener. And so it's not a common occurrence. And Johnson just, you know, 
this is not something that was expected from him to start the season, but he's ah. basically keeping the devils afloat at this point. Well, Jack Hughes did it against Chicago. Pavel mm-hmm. Zaka did it against Calgary, That's which most right. people don't remember because that devils game was a their butts with, Yep. Yeah, they got their butts with, within the first four minutes. And again, Calgary played our hated rivals the night before. So that's why I wasn't super concerned about Florida playing the night before because, well, Calgary did it and they didn't seem to bother get bothered by that. Mm. Uh, Johnson did it against Florida and Johnson did it against Pittsburgh. There you go. So, so he's go. now it's done it four times. Yeah. He's now done it twice. This is one of the players that we had mentioned at the beginning of the year as a possible X factor. This is someone who, if the Hughes unit, if the Heischer unit cannot produce, Janssen going back and regressing to where he was supposed to be last year would be a huge help for the Devils. Now, a lot of things have happened to the Devils where, uh, you know, they're not getting the services of Hughes that they expected for this early part of the season. Hopefully he's back and in the same form he was at when he uh, was taken out, but they're not getting contributions from the bottom six really at all. There's nothing coming from, you know, besides the, the tying goal, which was important to be fair. Sharon Govich, Kwakanen, McLeod, um, you know, VZ is contributing the most out of anyone there. Uh, and that's and, a low bar to set. <laughs> right. And that's not a bad thing, but it's still, you expect a little bit more production from what has been called the third line. And as such, Jaeger Sharon Govich uh, rode the pine for the Florida game as well. He, his ice time had been declining in California. They just want to sit him, make sure he gets right because Ruff can obviously, Ruff obviously knows what Cherenkovich can do. And he benching him last year actually did him some favors. So they're hoping that, you know, he takes a game to work through some things, talk to some people and figure out what's been going on because he has been entirely ineffective. But because that bottom six has been so ineffective, the Devils made some changes going into that Florida game. And this is basically what's worth mentioning. But the uh, apparent juggernaut Utica Comets sent up Jesper Boquist and Tice, uh, yeah, Tice Thompson. Mm-hmm. to fill out the devil's bottom six while uh, Gauthier and uh, student each went back down to Utica. Yeah. So they, they already cleared like, waivers. Yeah. Mm, they, they've already they cleared, cleared waivers. You're right. Um, I already like the look of this top or bottom six better than I did before. Yeah. It helps a lot that uh, Bokvist and Thompson both played good games against Florida. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, and I know Holtz too. Just want to mention him. Oh yeah, Alexander Holtz. He was actually moved up to the top six for this game to play alongside Nico Heischer and Pavel Zaka. So, mm-hmm. you know, credit. He actually got his first assist, a secondary assist on Pavel Zaka's uh, power play goal. Yes, the power play has finally scored goals. Uh, not because the <laughs> goals. power play. The power. Yeah, you know, they went zero and eighteen, I think, or something like that. They didn't score a power play goal since the Calgary game. And they scored two in this game, which were at, was actually important because the first one was uh, an equalizer after Florida started the scoring off early in the game. And then the second power play goal uh, boosted the lead that P.K. Subban provided to you know let everybody breathe a little easier early in the third period. Um, both both uh, Johnson provided one, Zaka provided the other. Neither was a result of like an actual you know entry and being set up. Like it wasn't an actual play on the power play both of uh the they were both like rush plays or broken plays if you, if you want to call them good awareness like good awareness by brat to set shoot for a rebound for johnson to finish it mm-hmm. and good on zaka to uh not only take the shot off the rush from Heesher, but to bang in his own rebound off of a uh, night skate which was again another fortunate bounce because that puck could have just as easily stayed out um but hey power play goals you got them yeah, Mark Recchi should still be fired, but they got goals. Oh yeah, 
it, it, it's one of those things where yes congratulations this worked well this one time can it work well over a couple of games we sure hope so because that florida game if that's any indication that's that's really good that's a great result yeah. against a great team um yeah who has been and, playing and not well. only that yeah and not only that dan since we're on special teams here uh the penalty kill since i maligned them for giving up goals against la and san jose and you know giving up goals this season mm-hmm. they actually did a really good job against the florida panthers power play power their power play was limited to just First and foremost, they only had two power plays because nobody acted like an idiot and decided to cross somebody, cross check somebody in the uh, cheek, Severson, mm-hmm. uh, you know, take a lazy tripping penalty on offense, brat. Uh, <laughs> but they, 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 the devil stayed disciplined in that way. And when they did have to kill a penalty, they were not just sitting back, they were engaging the puck carriers, they were rushing plays up. Quackenden actually showed some good value on the four check. Um, especially during their first penalty kill. So this is a great example of how, you know, based on the California trip and previous uh, episodes, we've said that special teams have been holding this team back. Well, this game against Florida is an example of where if the power plays in your, is getting you some goals, the penalty kill do is doing their job. The pe- special teams are helping you. This mm-hmm. is what you want. This mm-hmm. is, this is, this is, I don't want to say this is the true form of the New Jersey devils because of all the great bounces that they had. Um, but they got a way better result than if they had given up a power play goal to Florida or if their power play went to 4 again, um, where maybe we're not talking about a 7-3 win, but maybe, I don't know, a 4-3 loss or a 5-3 loss or something to that effect. Yeah, exactly. And we want to see this continue. And it's one of those things where so many good five-on-five performances were invalidated by the special teams. There was about time the special teams contributed to a game where the five-on-five wasn't as good. It is supplementary. It's supposed to be helpful to have a power play and not the the scourge of all fans and devils faithful to see it happen. And so they they took some steps towards making it um, at least look better. I mean, their, their opportunities were numerous there. They had a lot of good looks. They moved the puck well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everything you would have wanted to see from a power play that's been struggling. So hopefully they can keep that up uh, as they continue the rest of this week on their schedule. Absolutely. And this schedule, as I've said in the previous episode, is hard. Oh, it is very hard, Dan. Would mm-hmm. you like me to tell you the schedule? Yeah, go ahead. I will be in attendance uh, uh, at the game tomorrow. Ah, so will I. Um, mm-hmm as the Devils are going to take on the Islanders, the team that has yet to have a home game this season. Uh, the UBS arena will open for them on November 20th. Um, you might as well call this a home game for the Islanders. I'm sure all the local fans are going to make their, make their way to the Prudential center because this is the closest their team has been. Um, except actually I'm trying to remember. I don't know if they played our hated, right? I think they yet. were in Madison square garden. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still a local game for them. And, with the UBS arenas opening still over a week away, I'm sure there are some Islander fans chomping at the bit to uh, see this team. So expect a lot of blue and orange on Thursday, but they're nicer than of course the other team in New York. And I'm not talking about Buffalo Dan on Saturday, the devils will take on a Boston team at 1 PM. Mm-hmm. Uh, devils have done well against Boston last season. Boston is still a bad road team to start this season, but Boston is still very talented and I certainly don't want to mess with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the 14th is our hated rivals in Madison square garden, the world's most overrated arena. Um, I think the, the, our hated rivals are flawed in five on five, but they're getting by with great goaltending and opportunistic scoring. So it's one of those cases of over the course of a season, their flaws will be revealed, but on, I don't think they're going to be revealed by the 14th of November as much as I would love it 
I'd love it to happen. Yeah. Then on the 16th, which is a week from uh, yesterday, the Devils will host Ottawa. And then the Devils go to Florida to play Florida Panthers again next Thursday and then have an af- uh, late afternoon, 4 p.m. start at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That's a seven-game and 12-game run. Great for the Devils to start off really well because, you know, my fear looking at the schedule, especially after that California trip, is you look at that and go, oh, it's going to get worse. How bad is it going to be? Because you look at the standings, Dan, this great win over Florida moved the Devils all the way up to sixth place. Yeah. So you you look at this Sixth place, Dan. <laughs> and you look at the projections that have been happening in various places. And I like to look at the athletic projections, specifically Dom's. And mm-hmm. in his points today in the 16 stats column that he does, um, he mentioned that the Metropolitan Division is projected to have each team finish with an average of four points higher than the next closest division. The average for the Metropolitan Division is projected to be 95 points per team. That is so ridiculous. I mean, obviously, mathematically, that's just not going to happen with the amount that they play each other. But the fact that the percentages even say that that's, you know, a possibility has a lot to do with how the Devils have started. It has a lot to do with how Columbus has started and has a lot to do with how some of these other teams have been performing against teams outside the Metropolitan Division. This these teams win almost night in night out against foes that are not in the metropolitan. Yeah. I do the division snapshot. And I think there's, you know, at most, you know, I'll see a team like they won't win the weekend, but they'll get like, they'll split the points. They'll get three out of six or two Mm -hmm. out of four or four out of eight. And that just makes for some tough sledding to get back up. I mean, I think Washington had the first winless week. Uh, They went Oh, and three and, you know, they got bumped, you know, because, but they had such a hot start that they're still sitting in third and has a, and have a, you know, 66.7 points percentage. I mean, this division, as of we're talking right now, last place is Pittsburgh at four, three, and four and a 54% point percentage. They're not a bad team. Every single team is above 500. Every single team is above 500 winning. It's not enough. I mean, you know, the devil's uh, I'm sorry, the metropolitan does not have a Montreal or an Ottawa where, you know, everybody's just going to stomp all over them. They don't have an Arizona or a Chicago where everyone's going to stomp on them. They don't have a Seattle where everyone's going to stomp on them. This is a team. This is a division of killers. And that's why even if the devils come out of this run of seven games with a fairly good record, they may still be behind the rest of the pack because nobody else in this damn division wants to lose. And if you're a fan of both the devils and the Yankees, like I am, you understand this feeling because this is what the AL East was this year. If you are a fan of uh, the giants, you understand the opposite of this feeling because that's what the NFC East was last year. Um, But that being said, it's just one of those things where they got unlucky with the alignment. Uh, Let's take it, keep it in baseball, the NL West, which had two 105 game winners this year. Uh, stinks for the Dodgers who had to play a wild card game, but you know, it's the kind of thing where it's not going to be this way every year, but the metropolitan has been tough for several years now, especially back to the format. It once was that doesn't feature Buffalo and Boston. Um, And and so again, the devils really have to bank as many points as they can. And this Florida win is a great, great way to build some confidence and keep the team afloat and relevant. You, you can stay afloat by winning some games here and there, but you can stay relevant until Hughes mm-hmm. comes back and really re-kickstarts the offense, or at least we hope he does. 
Yes. And not just Hughes, because this has been a point that has been bandied about on ESPN plus. And by the way, two of the last three games were broadcast exclusively on ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I would say the crew that did the Florida game has probably been the best of the bunch so far. Um, I also like the fact that they decided to go quiet for a good two minutes of the second period for some reason. So, yeah. Hey, good. I, I'm fine <laughs> with that. Um, but they made a point that not only are they missing Hughes, um, they're missing Miles Wood because it was reported from uh, the Devils mm-hmm. that, uh, okay, let's take a step back. So Miles Wood played a preseason game back in October, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. And it was reported from the Devil spokesman that he had some bumps and bruises in that game. Well, it turned out those bumps and bruises were very significant as it hip. was announced <laughs> As it was announced that they exhausted all potential options of recovery, so he had to take elective hip surgery. Yeah. In other words, we're not going to see Wood for a very long time. And as much as I don't think the world of Miles Wood, but I, I think I would agree that Miles Wood would definitely be an upgrade over the Studeniches, the Gautiers, the Thompsons, the Bokefisses. You know, he's one of those guys that should be in a bottom six and can, you know, give your team an, uh, an extra level of diversity of their, uh, in terms of an attack and in terms of, um, and I hate to use this word because it's overused in hockey these days, identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can be that straight line, you know, scary threat that keeps other teams a little bit honest, but they don't have him and they haven't had him all season. So, you know, your mileage may vary if you miss miles with that much, but that's still a player you're missing on top of use. And, Hamilton is day to day. He's been skating. He took warmups or he was apparently supposed to take warmups yesterday. So it's entirely possible. We'll see the return of Dougie Hamilton, which may mean the departure of Colton white, who has actually looked okay. in his uh, call up, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, nevertheless, um, you know, you still got to play the games. No one's going to give you any sympathy over having a less than 100% roster, but it does add to the impress, the impressiveness of that win over Florida and it does emphasize how it's important, how I keep banging the drum of how the coaches need to do a better job and do right by the players and put them in systems they can succeed in, in all facets of the game, because guess what? You're still going to have to play the games with your lineup, make the best of it. Don't just go, Oh, we'll get Jack Hughes in, in, in three weeks and we'll be fine. Or we'll get him in four weeks and we'll be fine. No, mm-hmm. get your points now, stay in the mix. And then let's see how December plays off. You got to take it. It's cliche, but you really do have to take it one day at a time. Relevant by Thanksgiving is still feeling possible. So as the Devils continue their tough schedule, we'll be there to recap the games and give you uh, any Devils news. Uh, On the Miles Wood front, I just want to, you know, this is a hip injury. This is something that we saw Corey Schneider deal with and really not be able to come back to his full form. But fortunately for Miles Wood, he is not a goalie. So that should not affect his uh, lateral movement the same way it did for Corey Schneider, um, if you remember that injury. But hopefully we see him back soon. And like I said, as the Devils keep going through this stretch of the calendar, we'll be there to recap the games. We are the ever so vigilant watchers here. So we'll make sure that Uh, you're aware of everything that you might have missed in the week of devil's hockey um, that we are able to catch you up on. So that all being said, thank you very much for listening. And if you're Paul Caulfield, go do something else with your time. Yeah. So for those who are not aware of what we're talking about, (laughs) 
So I feel like I don't even want to explain it at this point. I feel like, but I I'm a hockey blogger, so I all right, fine. Okay, so the (laughs) so the Unica Comets have been uh, dominating the OHL to start their season. They've only played seven games, which is the fewest in the entire league next to San Jose and San Diego, and they won all seven games. uh, And they have outscored opponents thirty to thirteen. Like Mm -hmm. it's been that dominant. most notably, Cole Caulfield, uh, one of the heroes of the Montreal playoff run last year uh, for last season, um, was demoted to Laval, which is Montreal's uh, minor league team, uh, because Cole Caulfield wasn't really doing very much in the NHL. So they figured, look, you're young, you're waiver ineligible, go get your mind right in the AHL, which is fine. That's a fair thing. So Utica played Laval. Cole Caulfield did bupkis. I think that's the official technical term. He did, Bumpkins, did yes. squat. Yeah. And uh, so Utica, as, as you, as you do in this day and age, took to Twitter, their social media people took to Twitter and said, Hey, Cole, we didn't see you at the game. Were you even there? Like, it's just a, some, it, it's a, I can it's understand one of the I, lightest ribs I've ever seen. Yeah. And I'm considering- not, I, I can't emphasize enough. Like, I don't know why the team account tweeted it, but in terms of things that they could have said to quote unquote, bully someone, that is not it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Paul Caulfield is the dad of Cole Caulfield and he had uh, a bee in his bonnet, so to speak about it. And, and in a sense, I get it. You know, you want to stick up for your child and it is a little odd to see a team pick on a pl- a young player, but at the same time, one, this is professional hockey. Cole Caulfield is a professional hockey player. These are all pros. Everyone's making money here. Everybody's fair game. Second, as you said, uh, Dan, to jump onto that, it, that is a really light statement, a little light joshing, if you will. Well, Caulfield plays in the Montreal market, the Montreal Canadiens franchise. Mm-hmm. He was with Montreal Canadiens. He's now with Laval. They take their hockey super seriously and everything is overanalyzed and discussed to death. If he thinks this is going to, bo- if Paul Caulfield is bothered by Utica, uh, you know, taking a slight jab at the, at the kid, there, he's going to be apocalyptic when the radio people and the online people and the newspapers really point out that Cole Caulfield hasn't really done much since that playoff run. Mm-hmm. In other words, harden up, man. This is this is business. Welcome to it. Yeah. Well, again, to to all our listeners except uh, Paul Caulfield, who is not a listener, I, I hope you have a very nice week. And to Paul, you know, t- take a walk outside, breathe a little bit. It's it's going to be okay. Cole will be just fine. He is a professional hockey player who will figure it out. And I'm sure he's heard worse than where are you? Anyway, thank you all again for listening to uh, garden state of hockey. We'll be back with another episode, most likely next week. And as always, let's go devils. Devils. Devils.